Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is <laughs> my hair look okay? It's my name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Is that a mountain goat on the on the wall? A what? A mountain goat? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It is. You killed it yourself, or I did. I did. You know, a long time ago, two thousand and one. You haven't killed a mountain goat since. I drew another tag, um, which is miraculous uh, to get two of them in Montana where I live. Um, I think there's like a glitch in the uh, like drawing system because. The first five years I lived in Montana, I drew moose, sheep, and goat. And they're both, they're all three and very difficult to draw. And then I drew the mountain goat tag again um, about five years ago. And um, still, I know people have been putting in longer than me that haven't drawn it the first time, even though there's like a preference point deal, you know. The, last, the second time, I wanted to get one that looked like an angel, you know, big, long, like, so I waited till super late, and then I couldn't get couldn't get one. Jeez. So. 
Well, Matt Ronella, welcome to the Roundup. It's good to see you boys again. I enjoyed our conversation last time, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Well, uh, I, I was asking Cody yesterday, I was like, Cody, you haven't sent out any of the articles for this week. And he goes, Matt doesn't want any articles. Matt wants to just roll like, let's just spitball, I, you know, whatever comes into his brain that he wants to discuss. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Because that's great. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, I've been thinking a lot about some of my pet hunting topics lately, so. You have? Yeah, yeah. Whilst, whilst hunting, um, I, I hunted, I think, a total of 35 days this year, you know, and gives you lots of time to think about things. And um, so I, I, I feel like I have some things that would, would be a be of interest to think about um, with you guys and see what your audience might think about them. Well, I'm sure they're not going to be controversial at all, knowing you. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, definitely, definitely controversial. Definitely. Um, my, my viewpoints on hunting, um, I find have have diverged with the mainstream in a variety of ways over the over the last several years um and what like i say when i'm was walking around hunting this year what i was the things i was thinking about are definitely at odds with the zeitgeist in in hunting the spirit of the times and in hunting so i wanted to start out Hold on, Matt, for a second. We, we're going to do a little bit of um, housekeeping to start with okay. before you absolutely blow people's minds, Cody. Yeah, I was. I, I don't want to get. To, I know once we start, it's going to go. Uh, it's going to go sideways. So super quickly, the things that I need to hit admin wise. Don't forget to get your stuff from the Blood Origin Shop. Become a part of the supporters program so we can keep paying for all this stuff. Conservation Club. If you own a business. Um, listener interactions, you send an email to info at bloodorigins.com or you can text 620-860-4804 and let us know what you think of the conversations you're about to hear tonight. Um, really quickly, I don't want to distract us, but we did get a listener interaction from Dave in Wisconsin who's been super loyal about interacting with us. Dave sent us this text. I believe on episode 138, Robbie had proposed the idea of allowing someone to harvest a different animal if their deer comes back positive with CWD. Well, I have good news, Dave says. The Wisconsin DNR will reissue a tag if the animal is positive with CWD. I, can't, I will tell you this. I'm in the middle of a class teaching me how to make a custom bamboo fly rod, so I, I did not we're going to believe Dave, okay? Everything you're hearing is coming from Dave and Cody. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't verify this Cody because Cody's too good. busy Absolutely. making fancy fly rods than to do a exactly. job. <laughs> Back to Dave's statement. The Wisconsin DNR will reissue a tag if the animal is positive for CWZ and you are free of wanton waste laws concerning the animal. So you can eat it if you want, or you can dispose of it without repercussions. Either way, you get your tag back. Um, 
I didn't, I know we weren't going to have an agenda today. I thought that was a cool enough listener interaction to plug that in real quick. Again, blood origins is not confirming that that's true. Um, but, uh, Dave has been a pretty reliable source. Dave, thanks for interacting with us. Um, do we do thoughts on that real quick? I, th I think if no. I think that's a good thing with our lack of solid knowledge about CWD. I think that's a good thing. Matt, what do you think about that idea? I I hunted deer in Wisconsin a few years back, and the area I was hunting, you could get a whole bunch of tags. So right, yeah. What do you think about the idea of what I proposed? Was you know people CWD could be the scourge of whitetail hunting that people don't want to hunt anymore because of this fear around CWD. Well, to get over the fear, potentially if and to keep people hunting the DNR of the state or the game and fish of the state, if your deer happens to test positive for CWD, your tag is reissued back to you so that you could continue hunting and go and get the meat that you're looking for. And that way it keeps participation up. Well, yeah, what I'm, what I'm getting, what, what I'm getting is, I mean, that's great, but couldn't you just go buy another tag anyway for a few bucks anyway? I guess if you're out of state or it's kind of expensive. In Mississippi, but... you wouldn't be able to. Like in Mississippi, I've got six deer on my tag if I'm a resident. And if I shoot my six deer, I've, I've shot my six deer. I can't buy any more tags. Right, right, right. I'm just thinking of, of Wisconsin where, like I say, you could get a bunch of them. But maybe that maybe that's, depends on what part of Wisconsin you're in. Yeah, I'm supportive. I'm definitely supportive of that. That's a, It's a prion disease. Can can you get it? You get it if you if it is transmissible to humans. It's um. It's when you're cleaning them, right? Like if you cook the meat thoroughly, you can't get it, right? I, th I there's very little. There's no evidence of this this prion, this brain encephalopathy. Uh, I messed that up, but it's the mad cow disease. It's tied in with the same family as mad cow disease. There is no, there's no research, there's no data, there's no sh evidence showing a, a transmission to humans. Now, we all know anything about mad cow disease is it's a very long-term thing, right? That's what happened in the in the late 90s or early 90s in, in the UK. Um, People did get it there from sheep, is that right? They got it from cows, I believe, oh, in the UK. Okay. Yeah. But it's the same type of disease. It's a, it's that, it's the. The, the viral load on the brain, a brain encephalopathy. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a it's it's cause for concern. You know, people long term risks, and it is tied to eating the meat, eating infected meat. Oh, it is. You um, can get it mm -hmm. even if it's well cooked. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you still get it. Mad cow. Mad cow. Correct. Not necessarily or not confirmed CWD. Yeah, Correct. But if you Correct. get it from one prion, eating one prion disease, it certainly would make you pause about another one, right? Yeah, which could make, you know, would be disastrous for hunting, right? Disastrous with this idea that, you know, you, we talked about it the last time, hunter recruitment, you know, being almost flatlined. If CWD is this this really this, this thing that we need to worry about, gosh, could you imagine? Oh, man. It might be exactly what the doctor ordered if within the context of my value system. And we're all oh, and <laughs> off we go. People too scared to hunt <laughs> because they might get sick. 
No, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, it it, it, it could dramatically negatively impact hunting in the United States. Uh, absolutely. Matt, why do you think that there's a... CWD is pretty prevalent in elk. Why do we not hear about CWD and elk versus the sort of like larger, more vocalness around CWD and whitetail deer? Um, well, it's more way, I mean, you're saying why does it occur in deer more than elk? No, why the, CWD is prevalent in elk. It, it, it hap it, it's in the elk population, but you, you hardly ever hear about it. Why tell deer? It's like this thing constantly that you hear about. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's gotta be just numbers, right? I mean, what's the hundred to one whitetail hunters to elk hunters in the United States? Yeah. Two hundred to one kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. way yeah. more whitetail deer than elk as well, right? Um, yep. Yeah. Well, since we've uh, since you've you know you've just admitted to the fact that CWD is going to reduce hunter population numbers, and Matt Ranella is all for that. <laughs> um, what's the next controversial topic? That we well, are tackling know, tonight. So, I wanted to take a minute or two to like uh, give a sense why you, one might, why I consider myself something of a thinker in the hunting sphere. Um. So. Um. I guess that entails diving into my background just a little bit because like, sure. there's a sense in which I'm like an unlikely candidate to uh, be someone that's vocal with their ideas about hunting. I don't follow hunting culture. Right. Um, I don't. You have a disdain for social media. I have a, I, 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 I despise hunting social media. Um, I don't watch hunting TV. I don't, have hunting magazines um i do a lot of hunting um but i i don't know i have kind of a range of experiences that just led me to develop some viewpoints um mm -hmm. that i think are important to consider mm -hmm. um so i grew up i'm a research ecologist that's what i do that's what my job is and um I uh, grew up hunting with my family, my father and my brothers. And um, I would say, you know, my brother Steve is a, is a hunting personality. Um, and just a small one. <laughs> I'm told he's, it's kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he and I were, he was the closest thing I had to a hunting partner uh, mm. up until about 12 years ago. Uh, now I, since then, now I got pack llamas and I have a corgi and I hunt a lot just with them. Probably more with them than any person. Like I, I do a lot of hunting alone, but I have a, I have, I still hunt with Steve some. We have, a, I have another brother, Dan, um, and I mm -hmm. hunt with him probably a bit more i definitely hunt with dan more i, I hunt with steve dan's a biologist too right dan's a, a fisheries biologist yeah 
Um, so just like, I guess being, uh, in, you know, hunting with Steve all, and then seeing how, you know, his transition into becoming a, a, a hunting personality, um, like our, our viewpoints on hunting just started to diverge pretty dramatically in the last several years. Um, and I, about a year and a half ago, I became concerned enough about my pet issues that I started a, a, a campaign. Have you guys heard about this? You started a campaign? Yes. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Um, so my campaign was, was called DDD. Uh, Depublicize, Deglorify, Demonetize was the name of my campaign. I had t-shirts made. Um, I had a little bit of a web presence going. And it was starting to get some, I was starting to get some followers. Um, it wasn't defund the R three movement. No, R three wasn't. I'm really, joking. I'm joking. Were, I'm joking. R three was really not. R three for me is is a tangential issue. So no, sorry, I didn't mean to tangent. Tangent us. Go go back um, to where you were going. So yeah, very very briefly. I don't want to dwell on this. And is the the the, the depublicized bit is. Uh, I wrote a manifesto and I was making videos and putting them online for a short while. And the, 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 the publicized component has to do with um, my concern with hunting social media. Um, the deglorified bit was, has to do with my concerns over um Witting or unwitting, probably a combination, definitely a combination of the two. Um, dishonesty in hunting entertainment. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the de demonetized bit has to do with like what has become an axiom for me, like a fundamental belief, which is that uh, considerations of, of profit shouldn't be playing a role in inspiring people to hunt. Mm -hmm. That's a core belief of mine. So, um, the R3 article was, so, okay, so. So, by the way, since we, since we last spoke, that podcast went crazy. What's that? Oh, did it? Okay. It, it, it. Cody, one of our highest downloaded podcasts in 142 episodes. Yeah, to be fair, it went crazy in Blood Origins terms, but uh, yes, yes. It didn't, How many it, downloads? It What's that? How many downloads did you say? Uh, about about six, six or seven thousand. That, okay. that, that's a lot. That's a lot for us. Okay, for a single episode. Um. So. I, I don't know. It's like for, for I didn't tell you guys this last time. This stuff last time we talked that I'm telling you now because I was really kind of taken back aback by 
um, the attention that article got, mm -hmm. and I'm not used to being the center of attention, especially not like where some of the attention is negative, you know. But I guess I think you're going to be the center of attention with your campaign. What's that? You didn't think you're going to be the center of attention with your campaign? I, I mean, it's just, I guess with that, people loved it. People loved it. Like the small number of followers I had, like people were calling me their savior and stuff like that. I was not because I was doing a good job at it. I wasn't, but because somebody was saying what a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the problem with, in my mind, and, 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 that it was me. The only reason I got intentions because my last name. Um, so um, it was like this. Me talking about hunting, being vocal about my opinions, I mean, it really only, I mean, the really the only reason I get, get any attention is because my last name. Like, but it is kind of unique to have somebody, not kind of unique, it's completely unique, to have somebody that isn't making money off hunting have a little bit of a voice in hunting. Right. Because nobody that doesn't make money off hunting has a voice in hunting. And it colors everything. Mm -hmm. I think I think that the more people, hunters, think for themselves instead of taking their lead from people that make money off hunting, the more people will come around to thinking the way I do. That's a good point. I think, I think I'll uh, morph that statement a little bit to tell you what I think. I think that a ton of people to some percentage, not a hundred percent for a lot of people, but to some percentage already agree with you they just can't say it publicly because their hunt, their voice in hunting. I think a lot of people that have a voice, meaning celebrities, right? That's the word, the hunting celebrities. Hunting influencer. I don't, I, I think I always, I always use this phrase where if we shot them full of truth serum, right? Like what do they really believe? Oh yeah. I've got I, insights I think, into that for sure. I, I think a whole bunch of people, are about 70%, 75% in line with Matt Ranella of those hunting celebrities, they just can't say it. Right. That they, they can't say it. And you have a unique voice. We try, I, I, 100% at Blood Origins, um, we have people that support us, right? Like we, we spend money making our mission happen and therefore, we have to have money coming in, or neither of us would have a house, right? And I, I have no, I have no problem with profiteering, and but, but, but we, well, we, we, we classified ourselves as a nonprofit so that we can turn big money down, so that it doesn't shade our voice. I got you. Um, I, I, got you yeah. I, I don't think we're. Uh, 
you know, if there was a pure scale, but we're not as pure of a voice. We try to be. We're close, I think, as 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 you are, Matt, because um, we do have, you know, we have some some. Uh, nah, not really, not really. We're gonna say what we what we want to say and what we think needs to be said, and we've gotten ourselves into that position by if we make one sponsor mad, we're not taking that much money from them anyway. Therefore we'll be okay we can move forward and we've lined ourselves with like-minded sponsors but i think that more people agree with you than and i don't want to speak for any individual person but of of the hunting celebrities i know um when when we're sitting at a campfire with, with a drink um they don't disagree with very much you're saying mm-hmm. they're just making sure I'm not recording them with my phone when they admit they don't disagree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, money drives the narrative, you know, they can't speak their heart because there's fiscal consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- th- this R3 article, it was a fence mending um, gesture for my that my brother let me pen that article for Mediator because he was extremely upset by DDD and uh, um, kind of, uh, it was a mad, I, I, I had to, I had to uh, kill my baby and it's, I had to c- commit infanticide or, or uh, it would have destroyed my family. Um, so he let me, write that article and like i say that's a tangential issue for me um my i guess i guess my overarching concern um that's kind of behind all of of what ddd was about is is my belief that um there are too many hunters and um, there's a lot of ways in which trying to deal with that fact it are, there's a lot of ways in which a lot of ways, methods for dealing with that, with that, that I would consider illegitimate on their face, which you can't do anything about, but there's some that I, 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 uh, I think are fair and they have to do with disincentivizing people that hunt for the wrong reasons um hold on just a second i i I think we have to deal with the statement there's too many hunters i think that's the thing that we've got to dive into a little bit further and i mean i don't know how to do it other than to just say why do you say that are there okay yeah uh, let me let me lay that out for you my my evidence for that so um a few things I'd point to. Uh, are you guys aware of um, the the uh, mar- uh, the re- research, the survey research that the R three movement movement has done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have a book. It's called Hunting, Fishing, Shooting Sports and mm-hmm. Archery. Hunting, fishing, shooting, sports shooting, and archery recruitment, retention, and reactivation. Mm-hmm. It's a seven hundred page tome. Uh, devoted to overcoming obstacles to getting more people afield. Okay. 
and they do a lot of surveys in there um to figure out what the like interviewing people that hunt or used to hunt or considering hunting to uh figure out what the obstacles are to getting more people out there so um one piece of evidence that there are too many hunt that there are too many hunters is that 82 percent of respondents indicated that pressure was the dominant factor determining where they hunt and and over half of people um indicated that they had abandoned hunting areas due to too much pressure so the r3 movement's own data shows that there's too many hunters okay so there's one piece i got more when i was when when, I, when uh my friends here where i live in eastern montana that grew up here i did not uh, i took this job out here at a research station 2005 been here since but i have friends here that grew up here and in the 80s they could hunt anywhere any any rancher would or farmer would let them on. I, I have a friend here in town who's a tractor repairman, so he gets to know a lot of people in the country. He used to be able to drive like 170 miles, something like that, from the town I live in to the South Dakota border without ever going on a, on a county road, just through people's ranches. And, and uh, now it's like unpressured hunting has become so monetarily valuable that these guys have a hard time finding a place to hunt because it's all leased up mm -hmm. so there's another piece of evidence another yet another piece of evidence do you know why we have do you know why we have uh uh lotteries for tags some of them it's like a one in several hundred one point oh two percent chance of drawing a tag. Give everyone a chance, because the uh, the amount of hunters so far outstrips the hunting opportunity. So there's another piece of evidence. Um, In your thirty five days of hunting this year, did you come across too many hunters afield? I hunted on one trailhead where there was forty trucks. And that's not uncommon. Okay. I've, I've been to trailhead where there's 30, 40 trucks several times. Sometimes you pull in there, you think you, you took a wrong turn and, and ended up at the ski resort or a Rolling Stones concert. And like you're walking up the trail and it's like, it's unbelievable. There's orange vests 100 yards in front and behind you. It's like everybody's marching up the ski hill.
Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a very loose concept. It's a very loose concept to begin with. Too many hunters um, to, uh, to to try to generate evidence for that claim. It's like not a claim that's like mm -hmm. a claim that's very very concrete to begin with. I would say. So my concern, I am only concerned with one group of hunters. There's only one group of hunters that I'm concerned about their experiences, okay? And these are, I, I'll define them in case they come up repeatedly so that I don't have to keep repeating what I mean by these folks, but I call them traditional outdoorsmen and women, traditional hunters. Okay, and these are people that hunt for meat, hide horns, personal enjoyment, and the self-reliance that comes from providing for themselves. And you said okay. you're concerned with this group? This is my group. This That's is your group. This is the group I associate with. Okay. Now, um, so when I say there's too many hunters, I'm saying that there being fewer hunters would benefit that group. And the other group that I see, I, I think a distinction that carves the hunting community at its joints are people that show strangers what they shoot on social media. Um, and I don't give a shit about their hunting experiences because I don't think they're hunting for the right reasons. A lot of case, a lot of cases. Um, and I, Why think are they, they, what are they hunting? Why are they hunting in your opinion? Um, well, so I wrote an article about the, about my views on hunting social media a while back, uh, shameless plug. I I'm trying to get it published. First, Outdoor Life said they were going to publish it, but then they changed their mind because they thought it was too much of a dig on Meat Eater, even though I never mentioned anything about any particular group in the article or any individuals. And then Steve said he was going to publish it. And when he saw it, he decided that he would rather have me on his podcast to talk about my viewpoint which I'm going to do in December. Um, Great. But, uh, but um, where, was it, where was I going with this? So um, in that article, my unpublished article, please reach out to me if you're willing to publish it. I, I don't even need to be paid for it. I don't want to be paid for it. I don't want to accept money for hunting. If you do pay me for it, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to donate that money to TRCP or, or I think we could get you published on uh, free range American. What's that? I think we'd get that something like that published on free range American. Okay. So one criteria is I want it to be um, where people, there's no paywall on it. No paywall on free range American. Well, we should talk about that. So we'll get you set. We'll get you set up. I got the contact for you. So um, one thing I do in the articles, I, I interview eight social media hunters. 
some of these folks were are sponsored. Some of them are not. Some of them have enormous followings. Some of them uh, rather small, hundreds of people. Um, and so you, the question was, why do social media hunters hunt, right? Robbie? Right. No, exactly. Why do, what's the, okay. why is well, the other spectrum of hunters if they, hunting? It, 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 according to them, six of eight of them outwardly admitted that bragging was a main reason that they post their dead and dying animals on social media. Um, so I would say that bragging, being able to brag as an incentive for the social media hunter. One of the one of the, one of the ones one of the other ones that said, their sole motivation was selling stuff. Um, so, Jeez, really? Yeah. They admitted that to you? Yep. Good friend of mine. Um, so, uh, that's one, you know, um, bragging, um, trying to get accolades from people, um, the dopamine hit from checking your likes, uh, getting famous, attracting sponsors, uh, making money, right? When you attract sponsors, it's kind of like a business model now. It's like, there's so many people doing this now. Like it's the thing. It's like you get, you get, you know, you start, you start hunting a bit, you know, you're working out in the gym, you're doing some, Got some of that on the Instagram. Here I am shooting my bow. Here's my bowl. Next thing you know, you got a few critters. Then you got pretty good following. You're getting some sponsors. Now you start your start your class where you teach people how to do the same. You know, there's this. Mm -hmm. group. It's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. It's just like that. And it's is it's so ugly to me. I just. I, I, I'm trying to. I, I promise myself. People I'll, are people are virtually just like cowering and like you know you could virtually you can hear people running for the closets right now as you're pointing them out through the podcast medium. Have you have you ever heard of uh, Have you ever heard of Mountain Pursuit? Mountain Pursuit. Oh yes, you Rob have. Shaw. Rob Shaw. Yeah, he it, was on our podcast oh, three weeks ago. Oh, okay, okay, so. Yeah, he reached out to me about a year ago because he found out about DDD. Um, and it tickles me that there's a actually a group out there that's aligned with um, that I'm aligned with their viewpoint. And I, I pretty much am. I'm in kind of in lockstep with those guys. I uh, don't see much. I mean, we have a different emphasis, maybe like but we, we share the same general concerns. We probably just rank them differently. But uh, <laughs> he did a, or he or they. So um, a lot of the, a lot of the verbiage on, on their website, a lot of the verbiage on their website is from my manifesto. Um, really? Yes. And he, he even gives me credit somewhere on his website I saw. So you will see a lot of my 
manifesto in one shape or form on their in their material, which was I'm I'm uh, I, I'm not trying to, I'm just I'm not trying to claim it for my own. It's I'm glad the ideas are getting out there. Um, so they did a profile on one of these guys. Uh, the guy's name is Dan Stanton. He's got this thing elk shape, um, mm-hmm. and that you know, and how he hired somebody to do his um, like social media stuff, and how his bill increases his posts over time, and they get breakdowns on how much stuff he shoots, like three elk last year or something like that. Who needs three elk? You know, that's another thing with this whole business that just drives me nuts is that these people are killing for content. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not killing because they need it. They're killing because they got to keep the, 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 the Instagram feed going, you know, it's just but he's giving the meat away. It's not like it's going to waste. And it's a business. At the end of the day, the guy has a business he's building. He's got a, He's got a, you know, a, a program that he's selling, a fitness program, and he's creating a business. It's like I don't, I don't care about that. I only care about traditional hunters. I don't, isn't that I, a career a choice that be, they can make? What's that? Isn't that a career choice that they can make, and it just so happens to be in the outdoor industry? I'm not trying to pass a law saying they can't do what they're doing. I'm just trying to say it's having a negative impact. And on traditional hunters, and you shouldn't follow him or all the hundreds of other people that are doing the same sort of thing. Would you, would you say that there's, are you opposed to any posting of a harvested animal on social media or is it about the motivation for doing it? I'm opposed to all posting of dead and dying game on, on social media. Okay, we got to dive into that. I don't see. I interviewed eight people that that post what that try to show the world what they shoot um, on their motivations for doing it, and I saw nothing in the. I can give you all the responses, but I saw nothing in, amongst the list of responses that is at, at, at all convincingly beneficial to the hunting community. Now. I, I'll tell you this. I don't believe, I suppose I could be checked. I don't believe that in 35 years of hunting or how, I guess that part doesn't matter. But since social media was conceived, I don't believe I've ever posted. I've I've posted trout pictures. Yeah. It's only 10 years old. It's a new thing. People think it's like this indispensable part of hunting now. It's only been part of hunting for 10 years. But I, I also think that there's people... To me, to me, I don't post stuff for some of the very same reasons that you're saying. I, I just don't post anything. It's not about bragging for me. Um, I have a core group of about five people. I, I shot the best mule deer I've ever shot in my life last week. And unless someone else shared it, there's about nine people that know about that deer. And those are the people that I knew would like celebrate with me. Um and but at the same time i think there's a lot of people that do it that have the most genuine of intentions i i i i i disagree with the opposition to any posting whatsoever 
Um, I definitely disagree with people who listed selling things as their reason for killing an animal. That that part of it, I'm oh, with you. Man, that's huge. No, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. The, most with the, the people with the biggest followings in social media, that's what they're doing. That's what a Cam Haynes is doing. That's what a Remy Warren is doing. But I think I, I don't I don't bigger I don't, the more followers you have, the more chances that you are trying to sell stuff. But doesn't the motivation matter though, Matt? Like, doesn't the fact that Okay, tell me tell me a good motivation for showing strangers what you shot. No, the I'm okay, let's if we can, let's deal with it in two aspects. Just because I I wanna be I want people to understand where you're coming from and what, what I think of it. The motivation. I, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't see a single compelling reason to show strangers what you shoot. And I'd love for you guys to tell me, give me one. I don't know. To me, it's more about the motivation of why they're hunting. And if like, if, if someone came up to you right now, Matt, and said, Matt, if you'll write a memoir of all of your hunting experiences and we'll pay you a million dollars for this book, this, this will be your fee up front. Would you, would you turn, would you honestly turn that down to the opportunity to get paid to share your hunting experiences with people? Um, do I have to put pictures of me with dead animals on the cover or anywhere in there? answer it both ways first of all yes you do have to put pictures of your successful hunts in there i wouldn't do it either way i wouldn't do it either. i'm very happy with my job um i don't i don't want to be a, a, a hunting personality i think that hunting personalities are generally bad for hunting um, I, I think i think of hunting as a private thing i think of, okay that's me private thing that's a big state. I, 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 I love some things about like I, I i love steve's podcast i love your guys podcast because it's getting information out there that's of value to the hunting community and the hunting community needs to be engaged in issues relating to habitat and access and stuff like that i just is don't it, is it is it okay that while in two largely different sized arenas Steve talks about hunting and gets paid for it on his podcast. And we talk about hunting and have sponsors on our podcast. Is that. I, my gripe is not with hunting podcasts. I just don't, I don't have, I don't think I have a gripe with any hunting podcasts. I just don't see why I don't see where um, showing strangers what you shoot benefits the hunting community. And, and I don't, I, 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 I I'm, I, I've yet to encounter folks that can help me see how that that's of value. So I would say, Matt, in, in terms of I can see all kinds of reasons where it's I can see all kinds of downsides to it. Shitloads. If 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 there was a tomorrow, if there was a complete like there is no more dead animals on social media. I 100% agree that that would get rid of 99% of the perception problems tied to hunting. It would take a little bit of time 
for it to work itself out the system because there's a bunch of media already out in the world. Yeah, and that's and the perception problems aren't even one of my primary concerns. I think that those are largely overblown, but you can't act like it's good for the, our perception. That's for sure. I mean, well, I think that the only band in British Columbia not that far back because some guys shot a grizzly bear in it and it and it slides up and they film it and it slides on the snowshoe and they post it and it causes like a major backlash and they consequently outlawed uh grizzly bear hunting up there i mean the, the fishing game commissioner up there or whatever uh i can't remember what his title is but he said something like it's no longer politically feasible to have grizzly bear hunting there's i mean mm -hmm. that's where the ants that's where that's where like, where do the anti-hunters get their content? It's all from social media. It's all from hunting. Yeah, but it's not, com it's not coming from hunting celebrities. It's coming from idiots that are, you know, posting things that they shouldn't be posting. They should be sending it to their friends instead yeah. of putting it on social I, I, media. I'm, I, just think I, I just don't think that I don't see any value in any of it. So I don't want to have any carve-outs. My viewpoint is just get rid of all of it. Um, so let's talk reality. What's reality, that? reality is that that's not going to happen. I still think there's valuable value in saying it, and maybe it will happen. Maybe it will. Okay, I so love we'll, this. look, look at this. Look at this. Like, so you're right. It's so ingrained in hunting now, mm -hmm. and it's only mm -hmm. been ten years. Like the people that are social media hunters now had to become social media hunters. So, like the next crop, they're going to just start out as social media hunters which gives me all kinds of concerns about what we're teaching our kids like that a big part of hunting is just like bragging and putting your dead animals on the uh, up on the internet for to show how cool and badass you are it, dr it drives me insane you know um but okay so yeah my it's so ingrained my brother danny has a joke that like he jokes about developing a rifle scope that when you like, so when you fire the rifle, it just automatically uploads what uh, the the scope to your social media, what's in the scope to your social media feeds. Matt, let me, let me ask this question because this is intriguing. Old school, let's go old school. The brag board that was in the begin, the, the front of the, the local outfitter shop, the local hunt shop. You weren't a fan of that either? Well, I don't think that that um was impactful in, in in inspiring people to hunt more people to hunt more people to try and make money off hunting more people to uh um i don't i don't think that it was uh detrimental in terms of hunting perceptions of hunters because it's not like a lot of non-hunters and anti-hunters are going into the bait shop you know right so um no i i don't think i didn't think of that i thought of that as pretty benign that and i still think of that as is okay. is fairly benign um can i just say that i still think it's worth saying is the best line possibly that's ever been said on the blood origins podcast i thought when, when robbie said let's focus on reality that's never going to happen and you said i still think that's i still think it's worth saying um and it may, it may look at this. So up until the, what, the 90s, it was really common 
to drive around with your gear strapped to your bumper. Mm-hmm. But then sportsmen's groups, fishing game agencies, hunting magazines, they started to discourage it. And it's way less common now than it used to be. I could see where there'd be, there, there could be a shift, you know, away from it. I think there's, I think there's been a start of a, some of that has happened in the, in this, the, the truly ignorant posts, you know, the, I've got the duck bill in my mouth or I, I decided for some reason to get naked and lay next to my deer. That was a thing for a while. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that, that, I think that the hunting community, um, not to the level that you want, but I think the hunting community did a decent job of policing that stuff in its own ranks. Right. Right. I almost, the other day, um, I shot a deer and it, it dawned on me to think, I thought, you know what you should do? I thought you should do something extremely disturbing, like pee on it or something. And like, just say, and be like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Okay. You know, if it, you know, cause to me, the bragging is just as disgusting as that, you know? So it's like, um, I almost think, that that could be some kind of weird shame campaign that might be effective. I would never really do it, but it was just an impulse that I had, you know? Well, thank God you said I would never really do it because no, I knew, thank God. No, I would never really do something like that. I knew a hundred percent you would never really do it, but we needed it said and recorded. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> so another problem, so another problem with hunting social media, another way it draws people into hunting other than, um, because it gives them an opportunity for fame and money and sponsors and all that crap is it draws them in on false pretenses. So what's that? Oh, because you only need like minimal um, familiarity with real hunting or wound loss data to know that they're lying by omission all the time. Oh, they, yeah. I know so many people that when things go right, they got it up on social media before the freaking meat cools, but they don't say shit when they wound something. Mm-hmm. So like there's ethical issues to this stuff that, that uh, nobody has meaningfully grappled with do you think that it's changing the the as you said the people that are entering into the game it's it's changing their perceptions and is it affecting the bar of people oh it's attracting the hunting thinking that it's all lollipops and rainbows because they totally ignore the sorrowful side of hunting is it changing the bar of entry you know the entry level for people coming into hunting is already high and then there's this this misperception, uh, this mistruth about what hunting is that everyone kills every time they go out. And, you know, we even did an infographic that showed data out of the National Deer Association that of all the whitetail deer hunting licenses sold, 46% only kill one deer. And if you go into Canada, that drops to 36%. And in Canada, if you get, it's less than 1% of all deer hunters shoot two deer. So you're saying the success rate? 
that is the success rate to to the to what you just said the false pretenses that on social media it looks like everyone comes in and kills oh my okay so what i was focusing on is a ignore the wound loss so mm. people get into hunting they think oh you just go out and pull the trigger and drag your winter meat back to the truck well that's not always sometimes pulling the trigger issues in a world of regret it has for me many times and mm -hmm. um uh i think it's if we're gonna draw more people into hunting so we can sell them products the least we can freaking do is make sure they're going into it with their eyes wide open like if you're going to put if you're going to portray hunting okay on social media or tv for that matter um you need to show the consequences of every shot otherwise it's reality tv it's bullshit and they and i don't know i think that everybody everybody in that game um lies by omission they do not show when they wound something how the hunting industry or the hunting magazines i've seen where they um encourage people to lie by omission um i got a quote here somewhere so you guys uh this was an article that was published in um outdoor life last march it was written by a person her name's ann garris Okay, and the, the, the title of the article is Hunters Need to Be Held account of, Accountable for What They Post on Social Media. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me read a passage from this. Uh, and, and I quote, Ann says, I was recently perusing the comment section of a fellow hunter's social media post. In the video, the bow hunter's arrow zips right through the guts of the animal as it runs off. It was a shot the hunter should never have taken, yet she took it anyway. Then the hunter began excitingly celebrating the bad shot she'd made, excusing her shot placement to jitters and the fact that the broadhead should do the job. Now, I do understand that all hunters are bound to make a bad shot eventually. It happens to be the most it happens to be happens to the most ethical hunters. Mm -hmm. And it's a mistake that haunts us into the wee hours of the night and beyond. But revealing a bad shot and posting it on social media, that's a whole other story and a shameful one. I couldn't disagree more. You couldn't disagree more. I could not disagree more. Um, if you're, you got two options in my mind. Mm -hmm. You show it all. Or show none of it. Or show none of it. If you show just the good stuff, you're a bullshitter. Um, and if you show all of it, it's deeply unfair to the rest of the hunting community, particularly the people I care about, traditional hunters that don't post anything online, because you're endangering the future of hunting for us by putting okay. your irresponsible. So it's like it's a, there's an ethical conundrum there. Either you show it either you show all of it and risk hunting for people that show none of it or you show all the only the good stuff in which case you're drawing more people into hunting on false pretenses and lying by omission do you agree with that or not 
Well, let me push back on you for a second. I, 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 I can see your point, but I think that you are um, actually turning on yourself in that argument, in that prior to your, your argument for social media and not being on social media is that you, we're creating a perception, not just in the hunting community, but for the antis and the non-hunters in terms of what they that see. That is way a minor concern of mine. Okay, but it would be a major concern, but it would be a major concern if we went the tact of what you just suggested, which is put all the terrible shots. You like the idea of lying, then that's your... I, I like the idea of lying because we know as hunters, there are, op there are, there are things that happen that we do not, are not proud of. You said it yourself, bad shot things that we wish we could take back. Imagine if that was on social media for the antis and the non-hunters to look at. I say show. Well, then just here we go. Just show none of it. Either give an honest account, either give an honest account, a full honest account, which would be horrible. And I hope it would we be horrible. Do, but um, equally horrible to me is lying. I can, I agree with that. So just show none of it. It's not doing anybody any good anyway. It's doing all kinds of harm, really. You make a fair statement. Yeah, he makes he makes these statements that like that. There's 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 honestly pin drop silence. No, yeah, yeah, like like I want like I I uh, I agree because I can't figure out how to disagree, right? Like I I I this is my feeling on it that I think there's a level deeper than what we're dealing with. It's what I said before that I, when I see somebody post something, I think there's good people with good motivations who are sharing for the joy of sharing. And I think it's just like that brag board in the bait shop. Mm -hmm. It's just the 21st century version of it. Mm -hmm. I also think there's people with horrible motivations and people posting horrible things and people lying by omission, that's 100% true. Um, the only hunting shows I ever enjoyed were the ones where they showed us that the whole damn day went wrong for them. Um, and there are a few of those out there. They're the ones I always really respected. Um, but I, I, I think I've had this argument multiple times about social media, not just in the hunting realm, is this is a people problem and not a social media problem. Um, it's there's a group of, of people doing bad things on social media who happen to be hunters. There's also just a ton of hunters who are just genuinely proud, not bragging, not do they, they didn't get up at four o'clock in the morning to go or at 11 o'clock in the morning, whenever some of them got up, they didn't go do the thing for the wrong reasons and they're not sharing for the wrong reasons. And I think it's, it, it's important for me to state that I think it's a people problem. Um, that there's, there's a ton of phenomenal great uses for social media that are making the world a better place um, and sharing a hunt that then leads to, quality sharing of experiences honest sharing of experiences 
experiences that are motivated by the right thing, um, those are all good uses of social media that are making the work. There's people out there who genuinely desire to get into hunting and social media is an avenue for them to find that right mentor that teaches them how to do it correctly with the right motivation. I just think it's a terrible mentor because it also, their mentor turns out to be somebody that's a social media hunter. No, their mentor happens that sometimes their mentor is. How did they, they, so they get on social media and they find a mentor that's not a social media hunter? What's a social media hunter? I don't think that that's how it works. They're like, that's just social part media. Part of the whole thing is like, oh, I'm going, it's not, I'm going to be a traditional hunter because I found out about hunting on social media. It's, I'm going to kill shit and brag about it. And if I'm lucky, I'm going to get some sponsors and make some money. Now you're putting oh, you are, every, you are, every, if you want a hunting mentor for yourself or your kid or whatever, <laughs> I guarantee you can find one in your own town. The best hunters I know, the very best hunters I know, they they are they would never put something they shot online. Uh, I I think you I here's the thing, just. Everything that you said, Matt, all the way back to really my first, I mean, I, I saw you on the show a couple times, but the first time I really paid attention to Matt Ranella was that R3 article. And everything you've said in that article and up until now, I agree with, except you put everyone in that bucket. And I, I disagree with that part. I don't. Well, again, if somebody could point out a good reason for showing strangers what they shot, and you guys haven't given me one yet. And these eight other people I have asked haven't given me what yet. Maybe you, I could change my mind. But I, I'm yet to be presented with a, a, a clear explanation of how showing strangers what you shoot benefits the hunting community. It's the exact same. It's it, it's that brag board from the bait shop. It, it's just that I, there's, there are... that. I just see that as benign, not necessarily... I. I don't see it as that harmful. I definitely don't see it as a benefit to the hunting community. I can see all kinds of harmful things. It brings people into hunting for terrible reasons. But not all people. But not all people is what is what Cody's saying. People. Some people. That's that's my point. And I I I don't I I don't think I can come up with a benefit. I don't think I can come up with a this is a great thing, rah rah. But I think I can. I know people. I know people who will, who hunt for the right reasons, hunt hardcore, and they'll throw their picture up. Now, I will tell you, there's a whole group of people who their only followers are their friends. Yeah, having a, having a private account. Uh, my my beef is with showing strangers what you shoot. Well, and I I I can't come up with a benefit for that. I will say that I think there is a group of people and I don't know the percentage. I don't think this, I know this because I know some of these people who, who are just proud, who, who, who went out and put in for the right reasons, the right kind of hunting um, and did it right. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm caveating you in my opinion that there's, it, it's just, I agree with everything you're saying. 
it's just not everyone that's doing it is that way. It may be the bulk. Well, I, I have a clarion call for these folks then. Um, why not? Why not prove it to people? Um, so like when I was doing DDD, I had this new year, no post challenge because it was getting close to becoming 2021. So like we have a new year, no post challenge 2022. So these folks that you're talking about, I would challenge them and all other social media hunters. Prove to yourself, prove to us, prove to us that you hunt for reasons transcending ego, money, and fame. Um, take it offline for a year. More importantly than proving it to us, prove it to yourself. Like, does is is hunting still a worthwhile pursuit when it's not about the dopamine hit from checking your likes, or does it lose some of its luster when it's just about the meat hide horns, personal enjoyment, and sense of self reliance? I, I don't know how many trucks are at the trailhead that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the BS, but I, I, I'm willing to venture. I like that. A quarter, uh, of a, third, a quarter of the third of the people are there because they're, 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 they're seeking um, the, the new digital benefits of hunting, not the traditional organic ones. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm just, saying that there are there's some of those guys at that trailhead in that truck who are there for the right reasons that's there for the traditional those are my, those are my people those are my people those well, are traditional hunters what i'm saying is that some of them will also post it on their facebook page for their friends and family to see and then there's the potential that they don't have their settings correctly and it might get shared out by someone else to the world just because that happens does not mean the person is only doing it to check their likes. There's a bunch. I'm not, I, I'm truly not like on the opposite side of your argument. I'm saying that if you can't put every hunter that's on social media. Yeah, but what, just out of an abundance of caution, if we can't come up with one tangible benefit to the hunting community of showing strangers what you shoot, okay? That's my concern, the traditional hunting community. That's all I care about in this whole freaking arena. Is that if we can't come up with one tangible benefit to uh, uh, for doing that, for showing strangers what you shoot, then and I can come up with a bunch of negatives, then I just can't see why we do it. I got another clarion call um, for people that don't do it but follow it. Okay, so this one, like. I just don't understand why maybe it just probably hasn't hit people, but let's say I told you there's one thing you could do, just one thing. And it would, it would protect your right to hunt because you would have, would have, wouldn't have dipshits on social media posting controversial crap, um, would reduce crowding for you when you're hunting because you wouldn't have people out there for, the wrong reasons and when you did come across people at least they would be out there for reasons approaching like noble admirable reasons for hunting increase your jaw odds 
because you don't have a bunch of social media hunters gobbling up tags so that they can uh, keep their feed going. Um, give you a better chance of getting permission on private land because um, hunting isn't so extremely valuable um, and make you a better shot. And you only had to do one thing. Put down the freaking phone and follow these like glory seeking like sycophant inducing people and go shoot your ball. I, I think that's totally valid. I, I think what everything that you just said is a hundred percent true. All of those things would happen if everyone did that. Yeah. So I would, that's my, I, I, when I say that I'm talking to your audience, mm-hmm. you know, no, I know. I, I know. I, I don't. Uh... The benefit of your own hunting. Put that crap away. Go shoot your bow. So I've been pretty quiet because I wanted you guys to talk and I wanted you guys to have conversation. And I've been sort of ruminating in the back of my brain the question you keep hitting us with, which is give me a benefit. Give me a benefit. And, and and you also keep saying that the brag board is benign. The brag board of the 1980s is benign. At least here's, relatively here's, speaking. Yeah. Relatively speaking, correct. So in my brain, this is how I formulate a response to you. We live in a we live in a time in which social media is king. Probably five to ten years, it's going to be even stronger in terms of its influence. We probably have, we probably are, are living in an age in which people are going to be more and more, have more and more access to more and more things through Google, through Instagram, through Facebook. One of which is this idea of trophies and dead animals. Um, and so in my brain, I hear what you're saying. I don't disagree. I think that to me, I believe from a perception perspective, and I come at specifically from a perception perspective in the non-hunting and anti-hunting communities, if the trophy shot was not around or there was no ability for people to post stupid videos like the grizzly coming down the chute and blood trailing behind it, we would have less problems as a hunting community. You're correct. However, we're going to be facing that. And so in my, in my brain, the benefit of posting a dead animal is that you can show the appropriateness of how to do it. You can couch it with a comment that is, explains what you did, how you went about it, telling them the truth. And also there's an education component to it in which there's going to be a lot of people that interact on social media that live in, don't live in a place like you live, Matt. They live in a place that is Los Angeles or New York or Johannesburg, South Africa, and they've never really even thought about hunting or they don't even know about the types of wildlife that live on the, on the high Altai plains of Tajikistan. And the only way that they would find out about that animal is because a, a hunter went and killed a high Altai Agali sheep and he posted about it and he did it 
magnificently and he did it with extreme respect for the animal and he did it with a substantial amount of uh, context to the picture and what that benefit of that of that picture does is it spurns interest of that individual to understand more about that animal more about the culture more about the place more about what the efforts of hunters are doing for the conservation of that animal because you can't really translate those things very well without it in today's age. I'd say show pictures of the live animals. They look way better. Um, if, we're, if it's about celebrating the animals, then just why not just show live ones? Because, because the, the live ones, talking about truth versus lying, showing a live animal is not telling the truth about why those animals are on the landscape. It isn't? No. Why? Okay, so why are they on the landscape? They're on the landscape because they're valued from a hunting perspective. And they're being conserved because... I don't, I'm, I'm not they're being conserved because people species hunt species that would be extinct if it wasn't for hunters. Games Say that and, again? I'm not convinced that there's species that would be extinct. Oh, come on, Matt. Markor would be long gone extinct if it wasn't for hunting. Blessbok in South Africa would be long gone extinct if it wasn't for hunting. I can keep going. Uriels in Pakistan. I just can't imagine the set of observations that one would have to make to verify such a claim. What? The, the, the data is clear. The data is clear. Prior to hunting, the population was on the verge of extinction. 30 animals, 300 animals. Oh, yeah. Because of hunting right, today, 5,000 animals. I'm going to accept your premises, but reject your conclusion. I, so you're saying these, are you saying that these animals would be extinct if Mark Zuckerberg hadn't come along 12 years ago or whatever? They would be extinct. What I'm saying is they would be extinct if it wasn't for Okay, I'm, I'm granting that. I'm granting that. You've convinced me of that. Would they be extinct if it wasn't for Zuckerberg? And then there's value, there's value in letting people know that. Correct. The next claim. Brag yeah. go, go ahead. Have a whole like series of internet posts about that. But why that's, you that's, that's exactly that's exactly what our organization is is and we use social media and sometimes we use dead animals taken by hunters as part of social media to convey that truth yeah um, I, I would say you'd do better you do you do better and, and run less risks and, and so would everybody else if if you just didn't just left the dead animals off we're just like I, I don't, Wouldn't that be lying, well, like you just said? Wouldn't my, that be lying? A lot of my friends and family put dead animals online. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't. It does. It's not a. It's not a barrier to friendship. No, it's just like, no, we're not. We're not taking it that. We're not taking it that way at all. We have to agree to disagree. We have to agreeably disagree. Absolutely, we'll do that wholeheartedly. But leaving the dead animals off is lying by omission. No, it isn't. Just say, put a blog post up or put up a sign on your Instagram, I shot a deer, or put up a stake, you know? But I don't see the benefit of showing a bunch of people you don't even know what you shot. 
it just opens up a whole bunch of incentives for hunting that shouldn't be there. It should be about meat, hide, horns, personal enjoyment, and the sense of self-fulfillment um, and, and self-reliance. It, it shouldn't be about, hey, look at me. I'm such a badass. You know, <laughs> Sitka gave me some money. This is my third elk. Um, Matt Ronella, we absolutely, we've gone like an hour and 20 minutes already. Um because we love this kind oh, of Oh, I didn't even get into the thing that I wanted to talk about most, which is Joe Rogan. Well, why don't we do that? Because, look, we want you back. Because you, if, if, if hunting social media isn't the worst thing that happened to, to hunting in the last 10 years, Joe Rogan is. Wow. <laughs> I, uh... we could, I'd love to come back. I could do an hour on how horrible he is for hunting. This is a guy that, like, I'm amazed by. I'm a huge fan of his. Like, he's incredibly intelligent, like, versed in so many topics. He's like, he's like a, he's like a polymath. But when he comes how is from, he bad for hunting? He reaches oh, so many people, a okay. hundred million people, okay. and he talks about do hunting. Wanna, do, do, do you want to do ten minutes on this? Because it's either ten minutes or none. Ten minutes. Let's go. Okay. Um. So, uh, he's not a hunter. What do you mean he's not a hunter? So that's the first thing I'd say. You know, I was in, he's, he's not a hunter. Like Matt, Matt, are you, are you, how do you, are you classifying? I was invited to go with him on his first hunt. And I'm so glad I didn't, cause I wouldn't want that guilt. He is not a hunter. He's a person that people take hunting when they're trying to become more famous. He goes I hunting would say, by himself. I would, no, he doesn't. He's never, maybe on maybe on private pay hunts on ranches and crap like that. Okay, so not, what? That's the guy hunts. 50% of being a true hunter, at least 50%, is finding your own spot, scouting it out. He does not do that. That is, that is the definition of Matt Ronella no, in terms no, of hunting. No, I would rather shoot... A, a one-eyed calf with a limp then go to some freaking private ranch and pay big bucks to shoot domestic wildlife and then like constantly be talking about it on social media he's not he's not drawing people in to uh he's draw so he doesn't even hunt in my by my definition, another reason he doesn't hunt is because when you film it, it's not hunting by my definition. I have this thing called just the hunt. because of a camera, it changes it from being a hunt to what? Then, if it's not if, hunting, what is it? If there's a camera there, it's not hunting. I have a thing called a the hunt purity index that I developed. So, like, a, oh my god, I want to see that. So like a ten, like it's a rubric, you know. So, like a ten would be um, public land, over the counter. Um, hunt and if you and are, is a one still considered hunting a one well it's yeah it's, it's it's just very 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 impure hunting so yeah but it's still hunting and it's still it's a preference scale like it's a preference scale from 10 home, to one is a preference scale so yeah if, if a one would be private land outfitter fly the head home and abandon the meat at the butcher shop which happens all the time where I live. You can get as many deer as you want right now. 
mm-hmm. because the jackass is doing stuff like that. So that's that's a one. Um, tens come in different flavors. I just described one. I could describe others if you'd like. But so here we got Joe Rogan, who would be at a one. You know, but he, let, he let me would, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. He would be at a one if he didn't film it, but because he does, he films it. He's not even eligible for a score. You know what I call that kind of hunting? I call it, I I, I call it um, uh, amusement park hunting. You know, like you know what Joe Hart Rogan's like? He's like a dude that he's like a kid that goes to Disneyland and rides Space Mountain and then thinks that he's an astronaut. It's like, I know how you could do Joe hold Rogan. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know how you could do Joe Rogan, Rogan on the cheap. You want to do, hey, listeners, if you want to get into hunting and do Joe Rogan, but you can't afford to do the Joe Rogan thing, find a rancher with some steers, okay? And buy his steer, buy a steer from him under um, the condition that you can go out and shoot it with your bow on his land. Okay, the meat will be just as good. It'll be grass fed. The accomplishment will be every bit as difficult and meaningful as what Joe Rogan does. Okay, so just go do that and you'll save a lot of money. Okay, hold on. So I want to take Joe Rogan out of this this little thing for a second, okay, and put him aside. Okay, You have a scale from 10 to 1 that is a hunting... It's hunting. HPI. HPI, on purity index. Okay. But it's still hunting. Whether you're a 10 or a 1, you're still hunting. It's a personal preference to whether you are on the 10 or on the 1. Yeah. Agree or not agree? Okay. Yeah. There's also now, like lots of in the, if you go on a private, a public land DIY over the counter hunt and you're operating at a 10, whether you shoot something or not. But if you do shoot something and bring it home and put it on Instagram, you're down to like a six. Uh, can you please email me the rubric? Uh, do you have it in print form? If you access your hunting area, it's on public, but you do it through private because of some hookup. That's like a you're at an eight or nine. Okay, so then so let me ask So the the guy that wants to hunt. Again, I've taken Joe Rogan out of this picture. The guy who wants to hunt has very little time, has a lot of money, um, can afford an outfitter, does it for the first time ever. Not a hunter. It's not hunting, in my opinion. I don't care. I wouldn't care what Joe Rogan did, but if he, if, but why film it? And why, why do you have to film it? Like the guy is constantly in the spotlight. Yeah, but he doesn't film all of his hunts. He's filmed one or two. Too. You know, it's like, can't you ever just do something? I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me that he does it other than he has to be so freaking vocal about his non-hunting. What isn't even in, in your In your opinion, How is somebody that doesn't even hunt get dictate having su- such an outsized influence on the hunting experience uh, the the hunting pressure experienced by um, traditional sportsmen that blows me away that he thinks that's fair. It's so fucking ignorant, arrogant. I mean, not ignorant, ignorant and arrogant. I guess you know. 
I know there's so many people. My brother admits to it. And other people tell me, too, that they have friends that they get it all because of Rogan. They now are in elk hunting. Then they usually go out and wound one and kind of bag it after that. But um, so you got this guy that doesn't even hunt. He just does. Okay, again, again, time out. He hunts. The, in terms of your preference scale, in your opinion. No, because he filmed he doesn't. Yeah, he films it. So well, he doesn't hard. film every hunt. That, let's be honest. We don't, have, we don't see Joe Rogan hunting films all the time. I think he's killed, as you said, he's probably killed three bulls this year. I haven't seen a single film on any of those bulls. Um, well, when he doesn't film them, he's at a one, which is nothing to brag about. It's something to be ashamed of. And when he does film it, it's not hunting. Matronella. What are we gonna do with you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I guess I'm, I'm definitely uh, cementing my reputation as the hunting gadfly gad right now. I think, I think that it's great. I really do. I, I disagree with you about fifty percent on Joe Rogan. I think that I could list off things and and discussions and arguments that he has in conversations that have done good for everyone that hunts and things that he talks about and just the, the things that we've all known and he has a platform and discusses them. Um, but I think, I think it's a great conversation to have. I, I, I always, when someone presents a problem that they see in the world, I always ask what the solution is. Um, and I think in my opinion, the only solution to these problems is to continue having intelligent conversations about them. Like, I agree with you 100%. My libertarian views would despise a law against any of these things that we discussed tonight that we don't like. Any of, None of them should have a law against them. Um, but to continue to have intelligent conversations. Um, yeah, I, I'm more in, 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 I would never want a law. I'd say a couple things we could do are shaming people that put dead animals online. And I'm not even joking. I think that that's a great idea. And also unfollowing people that do it. Um, so like my brother, my brother and I, brother, like last Christmas when all this DDD stuff was going down, he um, was wasn't going to come for Christmas unless I took it down. And uh, this year, I'm thinking about doing the same thing to him. With if he doesn't disassociate from freaking Rogan, I'm not coming for Christmas. Oh my gosh! It's uh, this is a guy I'm a fan of, but he's just horrible for hunting. I I I also want to state that I disagree with shaming people. I think educating people is a different avenue to it, and it won't work with everyone. But that's the approach to take. Um, but a hundred percent, I think that uh, your viewpoint, having it out there and discussing it, and people listening to it. And not just reacting to some of the things that seem relatively extreme, if that if you'll take that as fair. I think putting dead animals out for strangers is extreme. I I, I love that you, I love that, your old thing. It's like I love that you have think, that opinion, and it's driving this conversation. I really and truly do, and I would have this conversation. I'd have this. I like to. I think this conversation. A, I'm phenomenally happy that we're recording it and people are going to listen to it um 
and I, if we were sitting at a campfire and not worried about how long this podcast, I'd stay up all night and have it with you because I think it's conversation. <laughs> we'd get we'd get to drinking and and, and it uh, would really it deteriorate on us yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But no, I I think this is the answer to it. I truly believe that having intelligent conversation with people who aren't a hundred. If everyone's in lockstep with each other, the conversation gets pretty boring. Um, no, and, hunting, uh, hunting needs a lot of eyes on it. I mean, if it's going to survive, it needs a lot of eyes on it and a lot of different perspectives weighing in. It's just really unfortunate that all the perspectives, all the voices are people that make money off of it. That, I'm so glad that, that we didn't have any. That, that infect money and just infects the narrative and, and, and drives it. The reason the, the emphasis is on um, the antis instead of the real 1200 pound purple gorilla problem in the room, which is crowding is because more hunters means more dollars. So I never got, Oh, I wish I would have got into this, but I really wish I would have got into this, but I, I know of, I, I could tell you some stories about hunting personalities, what they do to avoid pressure. Um, while they're at the same time trying to recruit more hunters, they're just pretty astounding. Well, we will save that for the next Matronella podcast. We'll have to put you on as a regular attendee, Matronella. Right. And uh, to Cody's point, I think we've said it, we say it you know, numerous times through Blood Origins, we want to make you think. And conversations like this make you think. And sure. make you pause and make you really dig down and and really consider why you believe what you believe. Um, yeah. And there's always good stuff that comes from that. Absolutely. I would really encourage your audience to stop taking their lead from people and form their own viewpoints on hunting. Because I think the more people do, do that, the more they're going to come around to what I'm saying. Um, but even if they don't, I still want them to do that. So. Well stated. Well stated. Matt Renilla, pleasure, my man. All right. Hey, it was really nice seeing you guys again. I enjoy, I enjoyed it even more than last time. So well, we'll do it again. We promise. Thanks, man. All right. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.